I want to preach to you tonight on God's kingdom, on God's kingdom, the big picture. Tonight's message is a big picture message about the kingdom of God and some characteristics of the kingdom of God. Uh, I'm going to start out in Matthew chapter 21, if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter 21, our text verse is verse 43, the application part of the parable. He says, Jesus said, here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandman saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him. And let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. And when the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, and I love the way Jesus teaches, he lets them answer the question, what will he do unto those husbandmen? And they say unto him, and they judge it. They judge themselves, they make the judgment. He said, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. And Jesus said unto them, did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, it's marvelous in our eyes. And then we see the application. Preaches no good without application. Bob Jones, when I took a course in preaching, a couple semester course in preaching, they always used to say, man, don't preach if you're not going to apply it. Jesus, because it's just the way Jesus worked and the way apostles worked when they preach. Matthew 21, 43 says, Therefore I say unto you, and this is the application of what he just said, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. You want to circle that, mark that. That is our text verse. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. That stone is Christ. That stone is Christ. When I got saved, I I was broken. I was broken. I repented. I had remorse. I was sad for my sin. I was broken. And Christ has been breaking me ever since. I get broken on a fairly regular basis. And that's what he said. He said, Whosoever shall fall on the stone, I have fallen upon Christ and his sacrifice for me, and it's broken me. But woe unto the one that the stone falls on. Those who reject Jesus eventually will be crushed by the one who died for them and would would have saved them, would have given them eternal life. That very same stone which others fell on and were broken, so it will fall upon them and it will crush them. That's the real application of what he said there. 
I don't think anybody should get too cocky, especially the born-again folks, the Bible-educated folks, the fourth-generation Christian, or the American citizen. God's power is not boxed or under anybody's lock and key. It does not reside with any certain group of people. The power of God and the kingdom of God is transient in its nature. From this parable, Jesus clearly spells out that it stays where it is being used to produce fruit. Gospel Baptist Church is secure as long as we understand this principle. America is secure as long as she understands this principle. No denomination has the corner on the kingdom of God. No evangelical body of believers, historically, has lasted over a hundred years in an organized fashion with the power of God upon it. One of the reasons I'm an independent Baptist is we're not organized. But when, when denominations do organize and create a board that rules them, less than a hundred years that board corrupts itself or is corrupted, and then of course trickles down through the entire denomination destroying the good things they once stood for. Name some organization in America that has not slid to the left and lost the power or the presence of God. The institution of Harvard once was a citadel of the Bible on the power of the gospel, now is a center for infidelity and doubt. Yale, once Bible-based school, Christ-based, is now the same thing, a citadel of infidelity and doubt. The Methodists, started by Charles Wesley, represented across America. Uh, my wife and I did a uh, trip one time and wanted, wanted to look at the city of Charleston and Savannah, two cities of Charleston and Savannah. We took tours. You go in those cities, you find people who will give you a guided tour one-to-one and pay them a couple hundred dollars, and they'll drive you all over the city, and they'll tell you everything you want to know about that city. It's the only way to go. Not a big group of people, just you and the guide and their vehicle, and man, it's just a beautiful way to learn. I never knew they could do that, but we did it a couple times. Uh, There's a statue of Charles Wesley in Savannah Square. The Methodist churches are everywhere in that area. The old hellfire, damnation, repentance, repent or perish, get right with God preaching, extended those the Methodists all over the South in the United States. Transformed the morality of whole towns. Kept marriage between a man and a woman for life. Condemned sin in every form. Pleaded with sinners to trust Christ. That's the old time Methodists. Where are they today? over 100 years later. That same denomination endorses homosexuality, sanctions abortion, full of worldliness and uncondemned sins, promotes feminism, condones divorce and remarriage is fine, focuses on social activism rather than gospel activism, standing for nothing but yet falling for everything, practically. Charles Wesley would roll over in his grave if he came back and saw what happened to the denomination called the Methodists. 
They once possessed the power of God in the United States of America. There is no doubt about it. They grew exponentially, spreading little churches all over the countryside. Millions of people trusted Christ through the Methodist zeal and honest belief in the Bible as the absolute word of God. By the way, they interpreted it literally also. They had the kingdom of God with them. But as the generations changed out, a group of replacement husbandmen, as I call them, took what they had inherited for granted and felt that they possessed the power of God by right of secession. School after school, denomination after denomination, church after church, nation after nation, all at one time had the kingdom of God and lost it. The kingdom of God moves from nation to nation. I'll, I'll prove that to you biblically. Israel is the first where I'll start. Israel's chosen people obviously possess the kingdom of God. You say amen to that? I mean, man, we know. One of the reasons God chose Israel was to do what? Reach the world with the knowledge of there is one God and one creator. Starting in 2160 B.C. with Abraham, all the way up through the Babylonian captivity of 586, God used Israel to produce fruit and tell the nations who he was. That the, that the heathen may know that I am the Lord. You'll, you'll see that phrase, that formula phrase throughout the Old Testament. They may know that I am the Lord. I'm doing all this that they may know that I am the Lord. God wants people to know. God raised little Israel up from the dust to be one of the greatest nations in the world. Deuteronomy 26, 19 says, And to make thee high above all nations, which he hath made in praise and in name and in honor, that thou mayest be a holy people unto the Lord, thy God as he has spoken. In chapter 28, verse 1, he says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and observe and do all the commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations, of the earth. I want you to be thinking about America a little bit. But he warned them, if they turned away from doing what he commanded them to do and stopped obeying his voice and his word, he would just as radically as he had blessed them, he would just as radically curse them. Deuteronomy 28, 37 says, Thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, a byword among all nations where the Lord shall lead thee. i got to stop there and say that the world is laughing at the United States of America. Thou shalt carry much seed out into the field, thou shalt gather but little in, for the locusts shall consume it. Thou shalt plant vineyards and dress them, but thou shalt neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat of them, and, and so on. If you want to read Deuteronomy chapter 27, 28, and 29. So astonishing God's absence will be that even other nations will ask. In Deuteronomy 29, 24, even all nations shall say, Wherefore hath the Lord done this unto this land? What meaneth the heat of his great anger? He says, I, I will curse you so radically that the other nations are going to notice it and say, What in the world has happened to Israel? And that's the answer. 
When Jesus arrived on the scene of history, Israel was under the bondage of Rome, an oppressor. Servants of the Gentiles they were. The Romans ruled over them. They still believed that they had an indelible right to the truth of God or the kingdom of God in spite of what had happened. They believed that only through them and their teachings could anybody find access to God. They believed that they were the custodians of the truth of God. That's the spirit that you hear uh, when the Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, scribes, and lawyers talk to Jesus. Like, we are the... We are the possessors of the law of Moses. We are his physical heirs. And this is what we're relying on. Romans 3, 2 says, Much in every way, chiefly because, they, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Indeed, Israel was given the very word of God through Moses, the Pentateuch. But Jesus breaks their bubble as he tells them this parable of the husband one, husbandman, and then he puts the application to it where he says to these people who think somehow they have, the, they have the kingdom of God and it will not ever leave them, he says the kingdom of God should be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth fruits thereof. Historically, God's kingdom eventually settled in Germany of all places. Germany, under Martin Luther, where he challenged the Catholic distortions and abuses of the Bible with, I believe, 95 theses. On, he hammered it on a door at the city of Worms and challenged the Catholic Church, and that began a thing called the Reformation. For hundreds of years, God mightily used Germany as a launching pad for Protestant or Bible theology through books, evangelism, and mission work. Germany. As the generations pass one to another, Germany quit bringing fruits to the gospel, and the power of God left Germany. Would anyone here tonight question the deadness of Germany spiritually? I've talked to the missionaries that go there. It's unbelievable. How dead, how resistant they are to the old blessed gospel, which they used to embrace. What happened? They quit bringing fruits, and God moved. He moved. Where'd he go? He went to England. From Germany, he went to England. Now think, think of England. All across the country, God began to save folks and establish churches in England. A fire broke out in England. David Livingston, William Carey, Charles Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, Gypsy Smith, the Welsh Revival, the Pilgrims, the Puritans, and on and on I could go with names and things that had happened. World missions as we know it was really started and maintained by the English. A missionary I met years ago called Brother Barnett was born and raised in England, spent 46 years in China, never came back, no furloughs, stayed 46 years in China, forgot English, had to relearn English, 
And, and, and he said there were literally millions and millions and millions of born-again believers in China. Man, that thrilled my soul. There still are, by the way. The underground church of China. What happened to England after a few hundred years? Those who had inherited the kingdom of God, rather than being birthed by it, began to leave the very things that caused the power of God and the kingdom of God to settle there. Therefore, I say unto you, the kingdom of God should be taken from you, England, and given to a nation bringing forth fruits thereof, America. Dead formalism in England replaced passionate service. Critical spirits replaced compassionate fundamentalism. Creeds replaced pure lives. Doctrinal statement replaced personal devotion. A position replaced possession. Word only replaced heart only. The kingdom of God moved again to the 13 colonies. Colleges, constitutions, laws, and governments were established in these 13 colonies firmly based upon God's word and Jesus Christ. I just read a book and I'm talking to the guy that wrote it, uh, about the role of independent Baptists in the founding of our nation. It's unbelievable, unbelievable what our forefathers paid, sacrificed, so that we could be here tonight and do what we're doing here. So that we can go door to door and not feel we're going to be harassed. They didn't, they planted trees that we set under. They sowed seed that we got to reap, but they didn't. Those folks in the 1600s and the seven, all through the 1700s. I didn't realize this until I began to read history that America was not friendly to Christians like you think. The Episcopalians from England came over here too. Some of those mainline denominations, they came over here and they, they said, if you don't worship like we worship, you can't worship. In fact, you can't preach without a license. You remember Pilgrim's Progress, right? Remember that old boy they threw in prison for 12 years? That was in England. They threw him in prison for 12 years in Bedford Prison because he just wouldn't take a license. Now, wait a minute. I know there are some people out there probably right now saying, well, the brother should have been in prison. He wouldn't take a license. God forbid. The spirit that built this country was an independent spirit that gave credibility to God and him only in the areas of the gospel. Nobody licensed me to preach except God. And that was, that was our, our brother that wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Wow, if you haven't read that, you ought to read about it. A boy who was raised up called Adoniram Judson, first American, called the first American missionary. He may or may not have been. He began to set out all over to evangelize the world and bring fruit thereof. Went to Burma. Man, I mean, if you read the life of Adoniram Judson and don't cry, something wrong with you, you're hard-hearted soul. I mean, he lost his wife. He lost his two kids. He was in prison, treated like a dog for two years, hung upside down at night. Come on. He was made to walk on hot pave, hot road where blisters would come up on the bottom of his feet. You ever walk on the sand in Florida on a real hot day? It'll blister your feet. They made him walk like that day after day on blister upon blister and suffered. And what reason? There's only one reason the man didn't die is because God said he wasn't going to die. 
Man, that's the spirit that God's looking for. Adoniram Judson, D.L. Moody, people like Sam Jones, the old hellfire and damnation Methodist that, by the way, was preaching in that South Carolina area, North Carolina, the South. He's the old boy that I read a book on Sam Jones, or I read a book on all these guys. Old Sam Jones used to say, he was a lawyer, a highly educated individual, but he knew how to reach people, man. He'd get down the first, first day of his revival, he'd preach to the deacons so they'd get right with God. He'd preach till they got right with God. When the deacons got right with God, he said, the rest of the folks will follow. He says, I put the slop where the hogs can get it. Now, you apply that however you like. But he was a tough old boy around the edges, but God used Sam Jones mightily. Bob Jones, senior. One that founded Bob Jones University was an old southern boy. I believe he was Mississippi born. Started school in 1927 in Florida. And God used that mightily. He had over 250,000 people trust Christ in his, in his crusades. Ritter, up there in uh, Michigan, Grand Rapids, I think. Billy Sunday, Mel Trotter. Oh, Mel Trotter. Mel Trotter was the one in, in uh, Grand Rapids. Countless others produced fruit thereof. They went out and produced fruit. So the kingdom of God came to a place where it would produce fruit. England quit producing fruit. They got hard. They polluted the word of God. They didn't want to believe the miracles. They, just like a lot of liberals, they don't want to believe it. They start cutting the Bible 20%. 30, and pretty soon God says, okay, you don't want me. I'm going over here to these folks. They want me. And he moved to America. And we embraced him. Faith missions sprang up, Baptist hospitals sprang up, homes for the unmarried mothers sprang up, orphanages sprang up, churches sprang up everywhere, colleges sprang up, nursing homes sprang up, mission boards sprang up everywhere and produced fruit, 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 and bus routes covered the land. Who started the first bus route? Dale Moody in Chicago, horse and carriage. Started a bus right now. I don't know if any of you know about Chicago, but it's very, very unpleasant in the wintertime. They call it the Windy City. Let me tell you, I worked third shift in the winter in South Chicago, Blue Island area. If you can survive that, you can just about survive anything. In the, and there was a church up there, First Baptist Church of Hammond, ran buses all up and down that whole South Chicago area, had 250 buses, just covered that area looking for boys and girls that would have never even heard the name of Jesus. So he could, Now that's where the Spirit of God is pleased with, and that's when he blesses you, and that's when your crops yield hundredfold, and that's why you're the strongest nation in the world, and that's why you're the most powerful nation in the world. It's not on our might. It's not on our intelligence. It's not on anything that comes from us. It's from God. And it's because we reverence him and we're willing to obey him on his prime directive, which is going to the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How important is the bus ministry? The bus ministry is, is something that keeps the, keeps the kingdom of God here. How important is door to door? It's what keeps the kingdom of God here. How important is the, is the missions board back there and those missionaries that are evangelizing around the world? It's what keeps the kingdom of God here. You or I do not have the power to keep the kingdom of God anywhere. God has to be pleased with what we're doing. 
and the heart. We don't come to church because we have to. We come to church because we get to, man. We come to church because we love God and we love the Bible and we love each other. Consequently, you have a spirit of the Lord is here. Consequently, God is pleased with that. And you multiply that times thousands of little churches all over the United States. And if anything is going to save America, it will be the local church. It's on fire. I believe in voting. Man, I do. But I know what really holds God. Courthouses, federal buildings, state capitals, public schools, all are, were, are proud or were proud to display the Ten Commandments. My hometown, Elkhart, Indiana, had a big old... You remember when the Ten Commandments movie came out years ago with Charlton Heston? You all remember that. Elkhart, Indiana, I don't know how it happened. They got two big granite, big old granite uh, carvings based on that movie of the Ten Commandments. And these liberals, these, these uh, off-scouring of the world said that that offended them. And they wanted that taken down. I said, if it offends you, don't look at it. If it offends you, take another road. And, I, and the only thing I can think of because they should not even have influence. Those people shouldn't even have influence. And yet, it seems like everywhere they go, people just bow the knee. Oh, we'll take your Ten Commandments away because we hate to offend you. What is wrong with them? They're like a gnat flying around the head of an elephant. And yet, they seem to wield power. I'll tell you what it is. It's supernatural. We have in, in God we trust, one nation under God, even on our money, which goes everywhere in the world. Our money, our money is the currency of the world. It went around the world. Who did that? Who has made us this great? Who has made America the place that everybody wants to come? that lives in South America at least. I live in a country who people will risk their life, in many cases lose their life, to get here. You wake up in the morning, pinch yourself. You're in America. The Cuban, the poor souls down there, when I lobstered all those years, we'd see floating things that they didn't make it. They tried to put together and there's 90 miles between here and Havana, between Key West and Havana. You can almost see Havana, almost. And they wouldn't make it. They'd jump on them. Many of them died out in the middle of the ocean. They're alone. Nobody cared. Why? America. The people in Haiti, when I spent four or five visits down to, four visits down to Haiti, people in Haiti used to say, tell us about America. Tell us what it's like. Do you really have stores that you can walk in and have anything you want? Yeah. Do you have grocery stores that you can walk in and literally the shelves are full and you can 
just about buy anything you can imagine? I said, yeah, yeah. Why? The kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. America, Christian nation. And by the way, I hope you read the book by Barton that I passed out here a while back and let you buy if you haven't got it. You people came down for the winter. I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Barton. He wrote a book, a lawyer, wrote a book on the founding of America and a Christian influence on the founders and the founding. And it's big, it's undeniable. It is undeniable. These liberals of today try to change history. Why? Because history is Christian. Christ-based history in America. And so, a Christian nation, we're, called, we're the light of the world, the economic powerhouse that drives the world trade. We're, we seemingly are unstoppable and irreplaceable based on God and the Bible, but we got to be careful. we got to be careful. Because if we turn away from God like Israel turned away from God, his beloved, or like Germany turned away from God, or like England turned away from God, and that's just contemporary history. If we turn away from God like them, we'll be as dead as they are. England, 94%, the last time I checked, do not go to church of any kind. 94% of the people in England do not go to church of any kind. Look at England, a sub-rate, second-rate power with trouble on every hand. If the kingdom of God could be taken from the Jews and from the Germans and from the English, folks, it can be taken from us. The kingdom of God will move. You want to keep it? You want to keep it in America? Oh, I do. I do. I look at the little Ludwig girl tonight, and I thought, what kind of a world is she going to grow up in? You know, the little Ludwig girls, what, a year old? I look at little Wheelbarrow or Owen or that third child they had I have not learned the name of because it wasn't a boy. Oh, that bothers you, doesn't it? What kind of a world are they going to grow up in? Now, you 20-somethings, I wouldn't be discouraged. You're born for such a time as this. We old timers are getting ready to check out on you. But you're going you're gonna to have it. And you I tell you what you do. Obey God. Love the Bible. Don't you let anybody move you off the old King James Bible. Don't you let anybody move you off the words of, the word, the words of God. Every one, front to back, side to side. They mean what they say and say what they mean. Don't you let anybody stop you from evangelizing. Because when a nation stops bringing fruit, God says, you are, I'll throw you out of the vineyard and get me somebody else in the vineyard that will produce fruit. Glory to God. That's how you save America. 
We can save America by the grace of God as we put our hands together and beg God to help us. And he's pleased with that. And how often I've prayed, oh, God, remember the ten. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham's prayer. Remember the ten and, oh, God, save us for the ten. Don't take your kingdom from us. Keep doing what God, what our forefathers started. Being faithful to the things of God, faithful to the word of God. And God forbid we get cocky. God forbid we brag about the American way. It's the gospel way. Or there would be no American way. May God help us as Americans to ask God to keep the kingdom here so we can reach the world and we can work in the vineyard and bear fruit for the kingdom. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the word of God. Oh, my Father, thank you for the kindness you've shown us in America. America can only be explained by the supernatural. It's been called the great experiment of democracy or a republic. Everything we have, this constitution, this bill of rights is, is almost miraculous documents. It doesn't seem like a man could write those. It's interesting. Maybe you help those men write those. God, we pray that the people that would destroy America, which is the devil and his angels, may they be hindered. May they be cast out. And oh my God, may it raise up born again believers as 21-year-old, 23-year-olds what will save America. People like that to get right with God and want to live for God and do the right thing. That's the hope for America. Help us, oh Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.